Today, I want to talk to you about power in unity. If I'm honest with you, this last year, I have become so used to being, well, alone. And I think I've forgotten what it's like to be with people. That's being with people at work, being with my family, even just being with friends. Being around people and in community at the moment feels like a challenge to me. And if anything, I've been avoiding it. When reading Ephesians chapter 4, this power in unity stood out to me as the central theme throughout Paul's letter. Verses 1 to 3 reads, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Then a little further in verses 11 to 16, it reads, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Scholars believe that Paul wrote this letter to the people of Ephesus while in prison, and yet his focus is not on himself and all that he is going through, but on the need for their unity where they are. Firstly, Paul highlights to us that unity is formed by the Holy Spirit. Paul says in verse 3, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I recently learned that unity is not uniformity. Our differences are not only essential in this world, but are critical as we each have a unique role to play. God has created our differences. They are all intentional and all part of a greater, beautiful plan. Paul urges us to be able to share in a unity that is a replica of the Trinity. Unity is to do with oneness of purpose, one common goal. It's not saying that everyone has to be the same. It is not sameness. I play for a local netball league, um, a social league, and I absolutely love it. Now, when I tell people that I play netball, it often gets a bad rap. And the response I get is, oh, is, is that the one where you can't move with the ball? Yes, it is. But that is one of the things about the game that I love so much. I'm not an athlete. I can't run very fast. I can't jump very high. I can't even throw all that far. And so you might be thinking, huh, how are you then able to be on a sports team? Well, the thing about netball is that it's a game about unity and teamwork. It doesn't rely on the strength and the ability of any single player, but on all the players, 
playing their part in their area in order to move the ball from one end of the court to the other and to score a point. In netball, I am able to play to my strengths and play my role, contributing to the unity of the whole team in order to win. Bishop Sandy Miller said, disunity is a luxury that we cannot afford. The price is just too high. We don't have to look far to see disunity in our world. The ongoing racial divide, gender inequality, political divide, divisions in our own families and maybe even in our own homes. And here Paul highlights that we have been called to help bring about unity with humility and gentleness. Paul says that we must also be patient in bearing with one another in love. To be patient is not a passive act. The Greek word used in this original text is makrothymia, and it suggests an endurance or a steadfastness. It's a quality that withstands adversity without giving up. It endures difficult situations without losing hope and embodies the fullness of true strength. Every relationship requires bearing, enduring, and exercising patience. That is true in marriages, it's true in churches, it's true in friendships, in, in your place of work, at college, at school, with our children and with our own parents. But you might be thinking, Jemima, I can't stand that person. You don't know what I'm dealing with right now. And I don't. You're right. I have no clue what you're going through. But I know someone who does, and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says that you can do all things through him who gives you strength. See, this, this unity that Paul talks about here is not one that we have to create. It's a unity that already exists, but our role within that is to help maintain it, to make it a priority, to keep the peace. And no matter how challenging that, that person or that situation is, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit comes to live permanently in us, meaning that we are now equipped and can participate in keeping this unity that literally saves. Secondly, our gifts are for building unity. Paul says in verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Spiritual gifts are not given primarily for the benefit of the individual, but for the common good. Our gifts, our talents are for others. The diversity of gifts and abilities that we all have enhances and even demands unity. Mark Twain said, the two greatest days in a person's life is the day they are born and the day they find out why. We have all been called by name, equipped and gifted with talents and abilities for the common good. You may be listening to me right now and thinking, no, Jemima, I've, I've checked and I've double checked. And actually, I'm not really all that good at anything in particular. Maybe you think that only those who are famous, popular, celebrities, or even church leaders are equipped and gifted, but not you. That's not true. Verse 12 says, for the equipping of the saints. And the saints is not a title reserved just for special people. No, saints are all Christians, you, me. We are all equipped. 
This passage tells us that this is the saints' work, not the pastors and priests or influencers and celebrities. Paul says this job of unity is everyone's priority. In verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be like little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. The stability that Paul is talking about here is being so well grounded in what you know as truth, so grounded that no one can convince you otherwise. Think back to a time when God stepped in and showed you his love, his power and his mercy. Mine was when I was in college, after a night out in the middle of January, I got into the back seat of a friend's car and it was a convertible. Have you ever been in the back of a convertible on a cold, windy day? Well, don't do it. The wind was insane. I was shivering. I was so cold. And the next day I had my sociology A-level exam, but I also woke up with a fever and I couldn't get myself out of bed. I held myself and I prayed and there was no way I could miss my exams. I cried out to God to heal me. And on that day he did. He heard me and he answered me. He showed me his love, his mercy, his compassion and his power. No one can take that experience away from me. That was the first time that I experienced God's healing firsthand in my own life. That's when I knew for myself that God was good that he was kind and that he was a God who worked miracles. Think back to your moment when God showed up and now hold on to that. I think that's what Paul is encouraging us to do here, to hold on to those moments of unshakable truths in our own lives. Finally, our unity shows the world who God is. Paul says in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. It is a difficult challenge to speak truth in love, the kind of love that puts the welfare of the other person first. One temptation is to speak the truth in a way that hurts rather than heals. And we mask it with, oh, I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, it's not my fault if they can't handle the truth. The opposite temptation is to avoid conflict by avoiding difficult conversations. Speaking the truth in love is good and it is the right thing to do. Truth spoken in love stands a chance of being heard, whereas truth spoken without love is almost certain to be rejected. And at a time where culture is moving powerfully, rightly or wrongly, the Bible says that we are in fact equipped to influence culture. And the most powerful way that we can do that is through our unity. Culture pulls us in so many different directions. It causes us to lose sight of our purpose. It can even cause for us to sometimes feel trapped and the pressure to conform. But there is a freedom in kingdom culture. When we speak truth lovingly, where there is unity in purpose and diversity in persons, this kind of unity shows God's love his grace and understanding, his compassion. Unity reveals the glory of God. And all throughout the New Testament, Jesus shows this deep, rich and intimate relationship that he has with the Father. But what is so astounding about this letter to the Ephesians is that Paul asks us to have that same kind of relationship with God as 
with one another. Unity is therefore not only a direct command right from the pages of the Bible, but also a legitimate identifier of a Christ follower. Verse 16 says, from him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Find your place in your local church and get involved. Whether that's helping with an alpha course or the Love Your Neighbor initiative, there is joy in being a part of a community and playing our part in serving others. Josephina was a guest on Alpha a few times ago. She didn't grow up going to church and no one in her family was a Christian. In fact, Josephina came to Alpha with difficult questions to intentionally challenge the group. She went on the Alpha weekend away and experienced God's love for herself. She joined a midweek connect group and a hosting team on Sundays and now leads that team of volunteers. She is excited about being a part of this community that she's found and has even given a couple of talks encouraging others about the importance of community and how to get involved. I don't know about you, but I want to be more like Josephina. Maybe you've been struggling with the idea of being around people again struggling to get back to community. You've become so used to being alone. Well, I want to remind us that today there is, there is power in our unity, power that changes lives like Josephina's life, a power that brings hope, a power that shows the world who God is. And we are all invited to participate in that power of unity today. We're gonna take a moment to respond and to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. And we're gonna pray a prayer that we've always prayed and it's simply, come Holy Spirit. So Lord, we ask that you would come. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Give us the boldness to step out into our communities with our families, our friends. Lord, remind us of the power that is in our unity the ability to show others the glory of God. Lord, we thank you that you are a good God and we ask that you would fill us again. In Jesus' name, amen.